Hey guys, it's a new podcast. Uh, I'm up in Big Bear with our friends. We are camping, we're packing up, we are leaving right now. The kids had a blast. No one got hurt except for Eric. We posted that video. Go to my YouTube. Type in Stupid Dad. Idiot, stupid Dad and His Idiot Kid. It's a funny video. All right. Uh, wise Guys in Utah, the 25th, 26th. I think those are the proper dates And then uh, of this month. And then I will be doing... Uh, what's the other date? Oh, I'm in Portland. We just added it on the 29th, 30th. It's the Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because that Friday, April 1st, I shoot my hour special. So if you haven't got tickets, go to theimprov.com or go to burtburtburt.com. Um, check out my YouTube page. I'm still editing the Stanhope one. It's 44 minutes. The Stanhope vlog is 44 minutes, and it's so fucking good. I don't want to take anything out. That's it. <clears throat> Enjoy the podcast. Today's guest, uh, we met a really long time ago in Houston. And uh, I've known him ever since. He is a fantastic comedian, extremely talented, and really interesting guy. And to be honest with you, I forgot I had this podcast. I didn't know what I was going to post. And someone said, whatever happened to the Jerry Rocha one? And I said, shit, I never posted it. So I'm posting it now. Happy Wednesday. It's the Birdcast. Today's guest, Jerry Rocha. This is... Can you just play music and you stuff? You can do it, I think, if you work for... You're talking to that mic? Hello, 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 hello. My levels are super hot because I've been doing recording VO. Ah, nice. nice. Here, scoot that back. I feel like nice. you're right up on I feel like you're not comfortable. I'm fine, um, man. Thank you. Thanks you, for having me, No, dude. dude, this is a blast. I'm excited. But yeah, I was like... I was So I got drunk in the man cave. By the way, <laughs> fucking you ever wake up and you're like, thank God I didn't periscope that. <laughs> um, I got drunk in the man cave and was like... I'll just play music yeah. and I got and I was dancing and it was I turned the lights off and like some songs utilize the different speakers, you know. Okay, yeah. I don't know how my I should have a guy come in and check my sound. But like yeah. all the speakers, some songs like they play different fucking songs or different parts of the song. So I was walking around the room. I was so fucking out of it. Oh, I stayed up great, until like dude. two in the morning. That's I had a cigar. Killer, man. That was, was last like, night? Oh, that was last night. Man, I was morning Bowie. I couldn't believe it. Oh fuck. Dude. What a fucking like! I didn't how, even know he had cancer. I think they hid it from everybody. They're just like, let him record this last record, and then that's it. God, you know what kind of cancer was it? I didn't hear. I don't know. But eighteen months. They said he was he, he had he was fighting it or whatever. Eighteen months. Eighteen months. So they. I mean, it that's must long. Have been, yeah, man. That's long with a lot of like. Ugh, fuck it's that! Crazy. You know, so funny. I'm not. I'm definitely not. I've never dealt with anything serious. Right. Ever, uh, but like so I heard, I heard people that people that go through cancer go, yeah. If I have to go through chemo again, I'm just gonna die. I'm just right. gonna kill me. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. You, it, chemo must be that bad. And but I, then the other day I got like, I had too much garlic. Okay. And I felt sick the next day, and I was like, God, I know what they f- mean. Like, what a fucking! I have the ability. Uh, fucking that's great empathize with someone going through chemo <laughs> for me it's if i have to replay level on a video game oh. i'm like motherfucker it took me an hour to are you get a video game guy huge huge really yeah, i know you're time. like a not a comic book guy but that you're kind too. of a nerd everything like, everything i remember i remember that the first time we hung out you like i forget what you said but you're like <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't party like that i'm pretty much a nerd yeah I was like I, really I, okay when i would go on the road i would bring a video game system with me 
Like, no question. Most times, I'll just sit in my room and play. I always go to a comic book store. Oh, really? I always will go to a comic book store like that I've never been to just to see and maybe buy a thing or two. You know, this is so stupid, but my dream was always to find some, like, mega hot chick who worked at a comedy store and just go fuck her after the show. Like, that like was go my, there, and then you show up, and right. gives you attitude, but you win her over yes. with some reference about... Absolutely, yes. And she's like, oh, and then you guys start dating. Um, wait, what that was, or a music store. I would go to the both. That was always a help. Finding gone. a hot chick at a music store or a hot chick at a comic book store is like dream come true. That well, was like what was. Uh, I used to love going to me. I was thinking about taking the girls to Amoeba because they don't. Yes. They don't. You know, my kids don't know that that exists. You can just download it for them. They just click and they have it. Dude, they don't even know there's a difference between cable and the internet. Right. Like, right. they get on Netflix and they're like, just get it on. Dad, just watch it. Like we watched a show the other day. She goes, I want to watch all of them. And I was like, that's not the way life works. Like, uh, yeah, it is. Go to Netflix. We watched all of Bill Burr's F is for Family. Right, 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 right. Except for one episode. Thank God the girls didn't see the part where the balls show up. <laughs> but uh, it's a fucking great series. Yeah, man. It's so good. Um, but yeah, uh, what got you into comic books? Always, well, it was my fifth birthday. I was in kindergarten. And this kid, he's a kindergarten or first grade. Um, and when this kid, uh, you know, like, you know, all your classmates, you know, you have like a little, bir- your friends from school, a little tiny birthday party. And this kid just got me, like, he just had me like a bundle of X Men comics. Really? Like, yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. And I didn't know what this shit was. I was like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. And I just read one and I was like, oh, that's it. I'm hooked. I'm, Are you serious? Yeah. I was like, oh, this is the greatest shit ever. Like, I, I loved it. And then so, yeah, I would always go to this place uh, in Dallas where I'm from, this place called Dave's Comics. I don't think it's even there anymore but we just go you know my mom was nice enough she would take me like every every uh saturday you know and i would go uh, and, and get a couple of comics and yeah no um i got georgia is my oldest i got her into comic books i did a show Sweet. meltdown yeah yeah yeah. and i was like i mean i i never read a comic book in my life but i think it's because i'm dyslexic yeah so i used to have a hard i used to have a very hard time uh, with the bubbles and the and the squares, yeah. Oh, like yeah, I'd be sure. like, I'd be like, where my eyes where the where are you supposed to go? Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. be all over the map. So I, but I, I was like, I've got enough friends that love them. Yeah, like they've got to be good. It's got to be good for her to read. And so I, I said to the guy, I want to say it was there or it was at this other place. Might have been this other place, Comic Smash on Ventura. Sure, yeah, of course. <laughs> and uh, I said to the guy, Hey, what's like a cool thing for, like, what's a cool like. I, I I think I was like, what's a cool book for like uh, for like girls like? <laughs> and then he said uh, the out the the Runaways. That's a good one. Yeah. Runaways. And I said, yeah. okay. And he goes, well, are you gonna read it? And I so funny. I went, dude, seriously? <laughs> because I just was like, it's a book for kids. But then he went, yeah, dead seriously. And I went, no. And he goes, because I've read them all and they're pretty good. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he gave me the first volume. Oh, shit. And uh, and Georgia now has read all of them. And she likes it. She's obsessed. That's great. Obsessed. That's great. That's great. Yeah, and it's it's great. And my youngest daughter has a hard time. She's dyslexic. Yeah. So she has a hard time with comic books. But she wishes she had an equivalent. Like sure. a literally, like sure. she sits next to Georgia. Georgia reads it, and Georgia will tell her stuff that's going. Oh, that's on. great though. That's yeah, good. yeah, that's good. But well, that's so crazy because you know it's you you get like a stereotype of I think because you're Mexican that you shouldn't be liking comic books. You should be None drinking that. beer, right? And fucking banging chicks on the road. Because I remember I remember saying that to you, and you're like, Yeah, I know I look Jewish, but I'm really Mexican. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And I was like, you don't party at all? You're like, no, nah, I'm kind of a different kind of guy. It sucks. It would suck. I'm happy with it, but like, yeah. it, I very, like, I was just the lamest, like, you know, like. Do you have dude, brothers and sisters? No, nah, no. Nah, like, Only not kid? that I know of. It's, which is weird, because my mom didn't, like, when she got pregnant, she's like, I don't love this guy. So she just bolted and Shut raised up. me on her own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think he's had other kids and shit. I've never met him or any of that stuff, but like, yeah. Like, uh, Do you know who he is? No, nah, not really. Like I, I, I mean, I know his name, but like I don't, I don't even know if it's pronounced right. You know what I mean? It's like, really, yeah. He's a half Mexican, half Scottish guy. How crazy is that, right? Shut up. And yeah, my mom, they're just like fuck buddies. She's like, yeah. She even told me. I asked her. I was like, hey, so like I finally, it was one of those things. Like I didn't know how to approach this. Like how do I tell? Yeah. Like how do I ask my mom? Like hey, were you just like a whore? Like I didn't care. You know, yeah. were you just hunting dick? Like it's fine. You know. And she's like, no, no, no. She goes, I, uh, I just, you know, and she said I was twenty three. You know, when we hooked up, and she's like, I was in love with Mick Jagger and that dude wasn't Mick Jagger and I was like okay Shut fair up. enough like all right sure so That's wait it. so so did then your mom just took off and says like fuck it I'm raising yeah. by myself yeah and then you see so you were raised by a single mother yeah and and her sister you know my my older aunt and then uh and then when when I was about two she met a dude uh who she did she never wanted to get married she's very like fiercely really? independent and the, yeah she met a dude uh who's like her boyfriend and he was—he ended up being my dad the rest of his life. Like I, he, I consider him my father. So, so that's why I've never had like that need to go meet my biological oh, dad because yeah. I already kind of had that, you know. But yeah. I mean, it'd be cool if he had siblings. I'd love to meet them. That'd be kind of cool. But yeah, that would be cool to meet. But I don't want to wreck. What if they think their dad was like? What if he was cheating when he? You know what I mean? Like I don't want that. Yeah, that would suck if they're like, oh, my mom and dad have been happy for sixty-eight years. And I'm like, hey, by the way, you know, yeah. sorry, but uh, yeah, I hate to ruin that. But. I had a friend. I'm not going to say his name because everyone would know exactly who he is. But he was born. <laughs> out of wedlock oh wow and his found out who his dad was and was and turned out his dad lived down the street <gasps> and and the kids he played with those were his half brothers whoa yeah did he yeah. ever tell him did uh, it ever I'll tell you hello hello it's patrice no way yeah don't say i'm back on recording yeah isn't that crazy wow. yeah and did was that ever outed like did, did was that ever revealed uh-uh. to the wow right could you imagine dude like this imagine. man like i would be see because i love family you know because like, i have i have a lot of cousins that's you know mexican you yeah. know what i mean like so i always looked at my little cousins like my brothers and sisters you know i just i love the idea of meeting you know no, I is, been is everyone over. as mexican are you as you? way more mexican way more <laughs> yeah i am i am is, that the, the, is the scottish side in you yeah <laughs> i guess i don't know like they were like it was because they're all raised in south texas laredo and my mom the the minute she got pregnant, she moved to Dallas. And so I was born in Dallas. And my whole family is from a border town right there in, in Texas. Really? Uh, you know, and I'm from Dallas. So I was just, you know, I grew up around everybody. Like the neighborhood we lived in was very like lower middle class. So there was like, ev- like I it was like the Goonies, dude. There's like one of every race in every apartment, you know? So yeah. I grew up with everybody, you know? So I just kind of, you know, like. So that. did you grow up in an apartment or a house? Apartment. Oh, yeah. Really? So what's it? I mean, this is going to sound like, this is going to sound like one percenter <laughs> question right That's now. That's fine. Like I grew up in a house. And so when I first moved to apartment, I was like, oh, how cool is this? Right. But like when you when you grow up in an apartment, was there a point that you moved to a house or that you that you, where you were like, what the fuck? Nah, never. Really? Like, I, I've always lived in apartments like my apartment now, you know, because I'm just fucking struggling road comic. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I, I live in this little one. Like Bobby Kelly came to visit a couple of years ago and he just called it cell block D. That's what he called my party. He goes, dude, <laughs> you live in a fucking cell, dude. Look at this. You know, and it really is just this tiny <laughs> little room. But like, I've always just lived in apartments. Like, you know, like it's just 
Always. So Always. I mean, when I go to houses, I'm like, yeah, it's nice. But to me, it's just like it. it it's, I don't know how to explain it. It, it just seems it's like an atheist going to church. Like, oh, yeah, this is cool how you guys do this. But you know, I'm happy over here. Yeah, I'm used to this. It's well. Weird. I mean, if I if I lived on the road, you, I mean, you got a girlfriend, right? Yeah, yeah. But if I lived on the road, just girlfriend, no kids. Dude, I'd be in the tiniest fucking right? studio. Because <laughs> I, I, I got to be dead honest with you, I don't know if I'd have a, a, a anywhere. Yeah. Like I, I said something to Doug. I've always been obsessed with Doug Benson and how he makes a ton of money yeah. and still just lives in the same apartment. Right. And doesn't in do, like doesn't do anything really. Like I've been obsessed. I've asked him like probably seven times. Like, right. hey, just a heads up. Like, what do you like? What do you do? You don't want to own a house? Like, no, I don't fucking. He was like. It, it I, it's just a it's a bachelor mentality of like like little is less like I look at Ari Ari's the same way yeah man. Ari's like I got a fucking place in New York got a place in L A that's it low overhead you yeah. know it's it's great like I mean you know of course like you know if my girl like you know if if, if something hit yeah you would think about it because it would be nice just to you know you think about it but let me tell you something I almost guarantee you. And I only say a comics mentality. Very right. few comics that I believe really have the comic spirit are like make their first check and they're like, now I'm buying a house. Right. But most comics are like, fuck it. It's to this day, if I told you our house payment on this, because I was like, I don't want to buy a house until I don't have to worry about losing it. Yeah, yeah right, 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 like, right, I, right. Like our, our, our fucking monthly nut on this is nothing. I can make it, I could make it featuring. That's badass. And so I'm like, oh, that's great. And only because I was like, I want to have so much down. Yeah, that we can that I don't have to worry about. Absolutely, that's how else. you should do it, dude. Because like, because I'm also not into this like flipping and all this bullshit. Like, I, if I bought a house, it'd be like I hope to live here the rest of my life type of thing, you know. Yeah. So it'd be one of those like, you know, that's another thing. Like, I I always think about that. that's funny. Like, once I get that first big paycheck, what am I going to spend it on? I'm like, I probably just get a one bedroom. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would just move, get, you know, I would just move to a bigger apartment. It's, I mean, it's it, there's something to be said for like, okay, I've made money now. It's time for me to. Instead of renting, invest right, my money, sure. and let my money make money. But I'm not that. I don't. I don't know. I'm not that guy that has that brain. And I shouldn't say no comic has that brain. I know what you mean. I think most comics are more like, dude. I just want to sit, wake up, and think about jokes. Yeah. And then I want to find a place to get on stage at night and tell those jokes and come back. And for me, get fucked up, listen to music, yeah, and wake man. up and think about jokes again. You don't have to wait on a plumber. You don't have to fuck. You yeah. know, wait. There's all these things that you know. I just and maybe it's a convenience of just like, yeah, I know I pay rent every month, but still, you know, mortgage is a monthly payment too, right? And then yeah. like it's oh, just. It's never what, dude. You pay rent. They go here's it's twelve hundred bucks. What right, right, right. Is these days? I'm just guessing, but like twelve hundred yeah, bucks about. for a three bedroom, two bedroom in right. Hollywood, and you're like, great, there it is. That's my rent, and you don't have to worry about anything else. That's it. You get a house, and they're like, your mortgage is going to be uh, two thousand dollars. You're like, <laughs> right. oh, I can afford that. Your taxes are going to be, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, I've how come this shit crept up? You know who's really good with money is Al Madrigal, another Mexican oh, yeah. guy who never no one ever thinks is Mexican. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you and, get, you yeah. and him get typecast a lot of like <laughs> spicy Saturdays. And you're like, fuck. I hate doing those shows, man, because it's like I'm not like I and it's I just I'm not one of those type of comedians. I mean, I'll, I'll do any show, right? But like, yeah, no, it's just I, yeah. like thankfully, it's I'll, I'll put it to you this way: those shows in Los Angeles are great because L.A. Everybody is kind of used to 
oh, oh yeah, that's cool that you're Mexican, but yeah. don't look it, right? But if I do those kind of shows in like Texas, or it just sucks because everyone just is expecting you know me to come up playing an accordion. You know what I mean? Just like yeah, like I'm like no, I am. You know, I love doing those shows here or in New York are like the only two places where ethnic shows are actually okay to do. It's a statement as to how evolved culture is out here i yeah, think yeah. it's like it's like i don't i don't think i ever thought of i don't think of anyone as mexican right like i don't see someone go that's my mexican friend right. like right i definitely but anywhere else you have to segregate it's like it's like yeah. so weird it's like you just say you grew up in the south right i, like, grew, up, well, I grew up in florida so like yeah for me it was uh, it was a natural progression because i didn't see anyone as cuban like i understood right. people were right. cuban right but i didn't like i didn't say like that's my cuban friend <laughs> right. i just was like no that's ty rodriguez right or that's right. tony hernandez or like and, and right now there's a 20 Cuban guys going, how come you didn't say my name? <laughs> but like, I never saw the difference. And I think that's here the same. But man, they see the difference in Atlanta. Oh, God. Like in, in oh, my God. In Michigan. Like, there's places that see that they're like, they, those are the only, like, every time I'm on the road, it's the only time people will grill me after a show. To just like just disbelieving that I'm Mexican. It's like they oh like, really? you can't be. Come on. Oh come on. Like I was in a bad thing. First of all, like yeah. what do you give a shit? You know, like yeah. It's sorry. You know, like yeah. I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, like the only play any L A New York never got that. Out here, like <laughs> out any out in the world, out in the wild. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like anywhere, it's always like oh come on, you can't be. And I'm like gee, like what is it? Did you slip into that like uh, that that? I mean, everyone has that easy go-to of like, all right, I'm starting stand-up. You should probably start in Dallas. Yeah. And you're like, all right, let's bang out some Mexican jokes. And and, and it's an easy way to kill yeah. in a room. Like, I remember watching one guy uh, work, and and he was like, he wasn't even that Mexican, but man, he would, if there was a Latino crowd, it was like, hello, my, What's hello, up, bombs? Get away. Yeah, chicletas. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's Steve Trevino. I should just say his name. <laughs> but, like, he was like, he was, it's Steve Trevino. That's how you say his name. But when they brought him up on stage then, it was like. Trevino. 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 Oh, yeah, Trevino. Uh, Jerry Rocha. Rocha. Yeah, you know, I've never, I never had, like, I had a couple of jokes about but I never went that route. It was like, I was just like, no, nah, I always, I mean, you know, my first set was so terrible. You know, of course. Really? Oh, God. It was so impersonating pro wrestlers and all this bullshit. Like, it was the worst. That's but I was 18. Crazy. right? What out pro of, wrestlers were you? I would do uh, Hogan and Macho Man. It was so dumb. <laughs> and it's like, it's, I mean, come on. I was 18 years old thinking, like, I'm fucking, you know, like Eddie Murphy. You know, like, yeah, yeah just up there. Like, well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. It's just so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Well, it's better than impersonating Texas wrestlers. Like, this is Kerry Von Yeah, Eric. yeah this is Von Erickson. Yeah. <laughs> and just do all these awful suicides. Just, like, just bring it dark. And, like, hey, I'm going to be the Von Erics and just lay out a bunch of bodies. Like, yeah, like, I mean, it was weird. But, like, I, I just, I kind of didn't want to do that. I don't know why, but something told me, like, don't just just you know do what you think is funny and if i if i have a joke about being mexican that i appreciate i'll do it you know but like i never tried to pander too hard like i mean you know like i'm a pandering motherfucker yeah are you yeah when i I started i was a pandering motherfucker i mean it it was i would like it was it was just i don't know man i i started off uh i would MC all the time of course i was like the house it's such a great it's the best because you really learn i almost said to joey the other day i was like let's do a show where i host and you close yeah, because like, I I don't mind hosting. I know, there's no ego slap no, to me. No, no, and and it's and it, you get to get up all the time. There's a big there's for a young comic. 
and correct me if I'm wrong, there is a big learning curve that happens when you walk up onto the stage nine times a night. It's amazing. And then you, because I started this club, it sounds like a gay bar, but there's a club in Dallas called The Back Door. And the reason they called it that, it was because it was in the back of like restaurants. Yeah. Like they would have like, a, you know, they'd find a place that had like a little back room. Oh, it was like then, a moving comedy club? Yeah. Uh, they, well, they had, they, they just had like a, they, they would always like, oh, we were moving, we're going here. They, yeah. But they tried to stay in the same, you know, uh, now I think they've been in the same place for like, you know, five or you know, eight years or something so like that. So you show but, like that in Toronto called Clandestine. Yeah. And it's like, you, they just, I mean, it's all in the same place, but then right. I don't tell you where it is because it's a smoking club. Right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. That's and I would, I would and it would be like one of those, you know, twelve comics a night. And when I was a beginner, you know, like, well, hey, you'll host, and I was like, all right. Yeah. And I at first I was deathly afraid. That was to me. There's nothing more intimidating as than emceeing. Like I would much rather get up there and blab for an hour, you know, than have yeah. to go up and get them right at the beginning and then hold on to it. And then like if somebody bombs, it's up to you to go back and be like, hey, what's up? And then like, you know, it's all the dealing with egos of like, let's say somebody crushes and then the guy next to them, the guy behind them doesn't, want to follow that right so they yeah. make you go up and eat a can bullet you do a little time yeah can you do a little bit of time and, and at that point shit i already burned the four minutes i'd written down ever so i'm yeah, like let uh, me see your set list i'll do a little yeah time. <laughs> yeah exactly so i would just go up there like right. i mean the only thing i didn't like about him saying was those fucking shitbag comics who would like this one guy i'll never forget he would always go up and go hey uh, I like my first time. It was like, what, what do you want me to say for you, man? Because I love the idea of like, I want to get these intros right. You know, I oh. memorize. And he, he would go, uh, t- tell them to get ready for the smooth, laid back comedy. You know, and I'll be like, okay. Uh, so I go up there and I say that, and then he comes up to like start me up, and he does like this just crazy ass Mick Jagger impersonation, and then he goes smooth and laid back my ass, and it's like, oh my oh, god, they yeah, they oh you got me, a- you'd fucking twat, fucking. Like, I- <laughs> It's just, and it was like, and first of all, it never killed. No one in the audience was like, "Oh, he showed that MC." Like none of them gave a shit that he, you know, it was so stupid. Is that, was it a black comic that? Would no, that? no, it was a white guy. There yeah. was a, there was a, there, there's a notor- there's a bunch of notorious stories of white comics having to bring on black acts, <laughs> and the black guy being like, "Tell them, uh, right, you ain't seen the hood until you see this guy," and they're like, "You ain't seen the hood until you see this guy," and the guy gets up and like, "You ain't seen the hood." Fuck you, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? And you're like, you couldn't have just told a joke? You couldn't have just told a joke. You had to burn me. You had to make me look like a Now everyone hates my guts. Now I'm racist all of a sudden, you know? Fuck you. Yeah, it's... It is so... And then, like, oh, God, I would just... I hated it so bad that eventually I would just... I would purposely blow it. You know, when they had intros like that that I knew, okay, I'm the butt of the joke, I would just blow it. I'm like, fuck them. And then I'd be like, oh, man, I forgot. Sorry. I have the hardest time remembering names. Like Like, I would go up i go what's your name i'm just thinking of like i i i'm trying to think of a tignataro sure i'm not saying that i ever brought her up i'm just trying to yeah, think of actually the name i'm thinking of is her old roommate kjell <laughs> i forget his last name but it's it was a it was k-j-e-l-l oh, wow. and i remember bring, bringing him up one time and i was like i was like what's how do you say, how do i say your name again and he's like it's super easy chell jorgensen I think. right and i was like okay and so i Got on stage, and literally the second I got on stage, I was like, what was his name again? And I was like, fuck. And now I'm doing time to try to remember his. I'm looking oh, yeah, at him. Right. I'm like, I'm like, so I was driving down the road, and I'm looking at him going, what was <laughs> his, his fucking, fucking name? name? I was like, you're going to love this next guy. And I was like, Steve Patterson. And he was like, <laughs> and, and I was like, please don't have a joke about your name, but his name is Kijel. So oh, he, of course, of course he has a joke. name. And I was like, fuck. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Steve Patterson. I, like, I just could. I was so bad yeah. at. But all that is so good in 
in the business of television of like learning how to host no question man like you have to just and that's why i love like if i do comedy magic club at hermosa you know richard will have me host a lot and it's fine i love it because it just man you just kind of there's nothing but there's no better feeling than crushing cold you know what i mean like when you learn to get that good to crush it's just forget it like it's just amazing like getting up on stage and just and with no like hey guys this is about to start i remember being like that's the scariest thing about stand-up Dude. The scary thing about stand-ups, how do I, I – I know I can keep them laughing. How do I get them laughing? How do I start laughing? them? Dude, the, I think what, 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 what got me was when I first – when I first – it's like, you know, 21, 22. I've been doing it a couple of years. But when I first started, I was right out of high school. And I just – all I knew was this little pocket in Dallas. And I thought, okay, this is it. Like yeah. I thought to me making it was getting a weekend spot at yeah. that club, right? Because they they did, I think, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, something like that at the time. And Wednesday and Thursday was more for, like, the beginners, you know what I mean? And then yeah. Friday, Saturday was when they had, like, their established, like, you know, the road dogs who lived in Dallas, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, guys who had been on the road for, you know, since the early 80s. They, if Dallas was their home base, uh, they would all go up then. And I thought that was making it. Like, getting up then, I thought, well, fuck, I did it. Yeah. You know, and then it wasn't until I was, like, 22 when I was like, no, there's the road. And I'm like, what's the road? You know, like, what? You can go other places and wow. do this? Did you get you know? on the road at 20? Too. Yeah. That what the fuck? So all my friends were in college and shit, and I was out. So you just, just uh, you skipped college I altogether, skipped right out of high school. I did not I see that as your path. Like I, I totally and- saw you as like graduated college, decided right. not to become a banker. Right, right. No, I never. <laughs> yeah, no, I never. I, I shelved my comic book writing dreams. You know, I, I just uh, I, I, I just started right out of high school because, I mean, that's all I did in high school. My friend Ben and I would just crack people up all the time. And then so, you know, I thought, you know what? I was on a date with my high school girlfriend. We would go to that comedy club all the time. And one night, you know, we're, you know, my girlfriend in high school were going on a date. Let's go to the back door. Okay. And then I just happened to see a little sign on the table to think you're funny try our open mic and i was like yeah because i was thinking i don't want to go to college i didn't know what i wanted to do right but i was like fuck call what you know and i thought that's it i was like that's it shut the fuck that's it because that's what i've always done is just you know try to crack people up and i I was like fuck yeah and then so i you know i asked him i was like i went up like hey how do you do this and like well you have to write three minutes of original humor and i was like okay three minutes and i was thinking that's got and that to me that was the hardest thing it took me like two like a month to finally you know and so i signed up and i went up and like i brought all my friends because i knew they were going to pity laugh right yeah. and so i had a great first set because they all pity laughed and i was like okay good and then after that i begged them not to come again i'm like let me just bomb let me really i just so I you understood that, that you'd that bombing was uh, i needed was, i was like let me get this out of the way right let me get this one good set out of the way so i feel good about it Man. You know, and then after that, I'm like, okay, nobody come for like a year, you know, and like I just and, and I you're knew, fucking 18 years old. I knew all oh, 18. I just I, I was a huge comedy freak. I, I loved stand up comedy my whole life, you know, really? So, yeah. So I just I, I just loved it. And then so, yeah, I mean, it was just this is what I want to do. And I was like, fucking I'm doing it. And like, and my mom was like, you know, we're always been poor. And she's like, look, I know it's going to be a struggle, but I support you. And I'm like, all right, thank you. Like, go ahead. You know, I'm not going to break your balls about it. I want you to be happy. Do what you want to do, you know, and just know that, you know, you're probably going to be dirt poor for a long time. I'm like, hey, I got it. You know? How old are you now? 38. 38. We're about to be 38. Yeah. And so, so you go on the road four years in. <clears throat> yeah. Like, how did you get, 
How did you dodge the bullet of drugs and alcoholism? I don't know. I think it was because the guys that I worked with were huge alcoholics. Really? The, guy, the headliners who would take me on the road with them at the time, you know, great guy. He was one of the funniest people I've ever met. He taught me so much early about stand-up, but so self-destructive. And he was like a road dude who just, yeah. for whatever, I think it was because of alcohol, never really got his due. He lived out here for a minute, and he always had heat, you know, Drive it was home? a long time ago. What was that? Drive home? N- I doubt it. Yeah, it was okay. a long time ago. It was like, uh, and is he, you know, a lot of, he's, a, I don't know, when did you start? When, when did you? I started, I started uh, on, on my 26th birthday. Nice. Uh, I mean, and let me rephrase that. I started when I was 25. I did stand up for the first time in Tallahassee. Nice. Right after the Rolling Stone article came out. Yeah. I moved to New York and then fucked around for like seven months. Didn't okay. do shit. And then on my 26th birthday, I, I, that's, I consider that the day I started, started. comedy that's because awesome. I, I mean, I'd done like an open mic and I'd hang out at open mic sure. clubs, but I wasn't. I wasn't taking it serious where right, I was like, right. all right, this is what I'm fucking doing. Right. I mean, I would tell people this is what I was doing, but I, so, uh, yeah, 1999 ish. Okay. He was, he had already been, at that point, he had already peaked. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he had already, he had, he had done, he had done Montreal. He did New Faces. He was like the one guy who didn't get anything out of his class. I think he was there with like Geraldo and Chappelle. It was like oh, free. so he's older. <clears throat> and he, um, and it just, for whatever reason, you know, like, and I, you know, I don't know what it was, but he was, you know, he was the funniest guy you'd ever see. I really? Mean, like super funny, but just very self-destructive. Is he still doing the road? I don't know. You don't yeah, even know if he's doing stand-up anymore? We fell out of touch just because like, it just, it was so many times of like trying to say, look, I can help you. But, and then, yeah, I would go out of my way. To, you know how hard it is to get gigs for yourself out yeah. here when you first move, you know, when you're here. Right when I started getting in with like the improv and, you know, even like, you know, flappers and comedy and magic, all the little clubs around here, you know, yeah. like uh, the store, right when I started getting in at those places or getting a leeway or knowing people, like I would try to help this dude. Like, hey, and I'd be like, hey, I have a spot at the improv, you know, uh, Saturday night. It's, you know, a, a, 10 30 whatever come on out and he would show up just whacked out on oxycontin or you know and i was like jesus dude and then like you know a lot of other shit it was just years of this and so we just we fell out of touch and it was just like but yeah i mean i just i think that's what scared me away from that was because i saw how bad it got like i mean there were nights but i would like you know a lot of times we work like small clubs in texas where like the club would be inside of a little hotel you know so thankfully the hotel room is attached and you know i would have to carry him just you know after 10 double shots of tequila or 12, you know, just like oh. almost have to half carry him to his room while he's just like picking fights with, with just random people. And it's just like, man. And I was like, dude, I don't want this. Like, this is not, you know, like yeah. it's, and I think it was, I mean, Hey man, I don't look, it, it just, you know, we've all, some people have it way easier than others. You can't get mad at that. He did. You know what I mean? Because he started with dudes that really blew up. And I think that really affected him because uh. he was way better than them, you know, but for whatever reason, you know, he just, you know, I just think that like it's all about perseverance, and you can't like you know you can't blame yourself. You just have to keep attacking. There's and- something about there's something in this business I, that I I can't figure out. I was saying to someone last night. Last night I was drinking, and I thought I'm in this place in my career where I'm like, all right, I'm like, I like not I'd be like, where where do I want to do right. next? Like, where do I want to go? I really enjoy this podcast, doing my vlog. Sure. I love stand up. I love doing television. And then I, I, I flippantly said to somebody who's one of, like very successful in this business, maybe if I just quit drinking altogether, I'll become like a megastar. And they were like, "You have no control over if you become a megastar. There's no control. Like 
Kevin Hart can say he's the hardest working man in show business. That has nothing to do with it. Nothing. That has literally nothing, nothing to do with it. Nothing. You could say, sure, getting collecting email addresses and get, getting your digital presence be known. But as, even then, there are dudes who've been doing that for years. There's Bert, fucking and guys that have been and, doing and that have, and have an email list that comedy clubs would salivate Steve over. Steve Hofstetter, and they're not. Steve Hofstetter yeah. is the hardest man, working man oh in show business. Oh my god, that dude. Is, By, if, yeah. if you're gonna say hard work begets kevin hart's career then steve hofstetter should be should be not only yeah. he should be will ferrell yeah but i mean but, the guy owns comedy clubs that's how crazy he wakes up he at is. 6 a.m and starts working yep and i don't think he's working stupid no he's not and he's a fucking talented comic it has nothing to do nothing with hard work it just i, I mean, mean now granted hard work it helps. plays into it it helps like if you no don't work question. at all it catches yeah. up to you but you, it just has to be that moment where for whatever reason one of the powers that be goes oh yeah that's what we're looking for and then boom. Yeah. And, and I think if you stay with it, one day you'll get that tap. You well, know, dude, like I said I said to myself when I first started in this business, I thought I, I saw all these people working together and they were like and they were like, Yeah, we started together. You know, uh I am not saying the right names right now, but right, you know, right, right. Gaffigan and I started on the same day. Yeah, sure, and, sure. and you're like and you're like Oh really? And like, yeah. And he just got a show. He just recommended me. And you're like, shut up. I saw like, you know, Ray Romano flies out Dave Chappelle, Dave, uh, Dave Attell to punch up his scripts. He gets like twenty five grand a week. And right. I'm like, shut up. And they're like, well, they started together. And I went, okay. So now if I just hang out long enough, one of these guys is going <laughs> to take. That I started off. with, yeah. right? It's like okay. I, my money was on Dimitri Martin, right? I was yeah. like, I was like, if that guy, he knows I'm funny. And but he never helped me. Oh, that Fucking sucks, dick. dude. No, I'm just not that. Like, <laughs> like what was I gonna do for Dimitri? But that's funny. But it's you know you always saw that, and I it's, said I said to I think I said to to Benson the other day. He was like, he was like, I've known Amy for so long. She hasn't put me in anything, right? And in my head, I'm like, oh, like I totally forgot. Oh, I got that lottery ticket still in the back. God forbid Amy gets put in a movie, and they're like, we're looking for a 43 year old balding <laughs> fat guy who drinks too much, who's loud as shit. Oh, and fuck. Amy's like, I know, I got Hold the on. guy. <laughs> no, you forget about that lottery ticket. Dane Cook, I went over to his house one time, and he said, uh, he goes, I'd gone over to his house. Uh, by the way, I'm paraphrasing this story into sure. whatever my memory is. Um, but I'd gone over to his house and we'd hung out and he had been depressed. And he was just like, not depressed, but he was like, dude, we should like start like a band of comics. Like where we right. play in a band or something. I mean, you play, I play. Let's play. And we jammed a little bit. And then he was like, he was telling me about like, he was really kind of pitching me MySpace. And I was so not uninterested in it. I can't really? tell you. I literally was like. I was like, he's like, no, this is because he'd like lean over to his computer and type into something. And he'd, I'd be like, what? And he's like, oh, I'm talking to my fans. And I was like, whatever. And then, the and he's like, <laughs> I think we went and saw like maybe the new Star Wars at the time. The, or what, something. the, the, the prequels, yeah. And, and uh, he was like, yeah, man, this business, it's like, you know, I'm doing good, but like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden, I show up the next day and he's like, dude. I got a call to be in a movie in China. And I was like, shut the fuck up. And he's like, that's what I love about this business. And by the way, I'm, Dane never puts this much energy into anything. Sure, sure, sure. Personally. But like, that's what I love about this business. I mean, yesterday, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing in my life. And to, but today, I'm in a fucking movie. It's crazy, right? Like, well, one to that point, you know, one night I was just depressed, bummed out. Like, thinking, man, what the fuck am I doing wrong? You know, and then uh, I get a call from my manager and it was like, hey, you're taping Conan tomorrow. And it was like. All right, you know, like okay, yeah. you know, it's just those little things that just kind of like, oh yeah, well, this is not so bad, you know, like it's amazing how that stuff happens. It's, it's just, and it doesn't, you know, the road's not like that. The road is the road is lunch pail comedy where you're like, I'm, yeah. I'm clocking in. 
It is such the – that's why I tell, like, any comic, it's like the road is fantastic. I love yeah. it. But you have to be either here or in New York. If you really want to try to make that next, you know, you have yeah. to be – I mean, a lot of guys get scared of that They because, like, pardon me, they're like big fishes and they don't want to leave and it's they don't have to start over. And it's like, what the, What are you afraid of? Like, this is what you want, right? Yeah. Like, fuck, so who gives a shit? We all have to start over. You know, it's okay. Oh, it's humiliating to go yeah. to a new city and say, hi, my name's And Bird, then you I'm go bomb. Like, you're used to crushing and then you walk on stage and bomb in, like, the oh. comedy store and you're like, oh my god, this was like my dream to walk up on the comedy store and do it set and then you just bomb for three minutes and oh. you're like, oh, alright. I definitely feel that. I feel that today. I feel that today. Absolutely. When yeah. I go to, like, this, especially even when I go to the store because I don't, I don't hang out there right, and either. I don't work yeah. there. But, like, like when I go to the store, I feel like fuck. I better do good. Yeah, I've got to introduce myself to everyone. Right. No one knows who I am. Right, man. And uh, but yeah, I, wait. How old were you when you moved out here? Uh, I, it took me a, a minute. So when I was, uh, I did. I just did. I just stayed in Texas, not realizing you that did I could comedy make this until you were twenty-two in Texas, and then in well, that's when I started doing the road. And then, you and then the road. I did the road until I was about God, maybe even twenty-eight. You know, something like that. And yeah. then uh, I came out here, stayed with my friend because the the one I talked about yeah. because he. The, time of his finally he got in a writing job on a show really? so he was doing good and then the show got canceled and then he was like well i'm i don't know what i'm gonna do he goes and i you know i was you know like he was like i, I gotta move back to texas and i'm like all right well Wait, you know what the fuck i gotta move back to yeah texas. it was and then so he'd also had missed his why his girlfriend like that his ex it was oh, very that's fucking yeah and then that's so the death of fucking creativity right, is love and, and so, <laughs> yeah and so he <sighs> so he moved back and i was like fuck why well, i didn't have any i was working at like a t-mobile store in westwood i was like well shit i guess i gotta go back because i didn't have enough saved up to you know get a down payment yeah. on an apartment it's like all right so i moved back to texas and then around golly is like 2005 around there i think um i moved to new york i went back to texas this is right after we worked together yeah saved up a shit ton of money just did every shitty gig worked at a barnes and noble in dallas just took every shift possible you know they gave me 40 hours and then they also let me go and just do comedy i would take our day i gotta be off tomorrow i gotta do a one-nighter you know i saved up a bunch of bread and i thought let me try new york you know let me see what and then went to new york and uh, was there. At, I had enough money to last me about a year, and that's how long I was there. And, and how much cash? It was about so for someone who's wanting to do comedy and move to New York. What did you save up where you were like, I can do this? A little over twelve grand. Okay. And I was like, you know what? I found at the apartment. It was like I found a place. It was nine hundred bucks a month. And I'm like, okay. And I heard that you can get paid doing comedy in New York. Blah blah blah. It's like okay. And so, and everything was going fine. In fact, I met uh, who will who would end up being you know my best friend for the rest of his life, uh, Mike DiStefano Stefano uh, there at Mikey D. I met him. Yeah. Then like, so I go to New York. I was in there for about a, a, a couple of weeks. And I wasn't doing anything like how you was, you know, I just kind of like, well, I don't know. I was trying to make a battle plan. How am I going to attack this? And then uh, I just worked with Stan Hope at the improv in Addison Mm -hmm. and he called me and he goes, Hey, are you in New York? And I'm like, yeah, he goes, well, I'm headlining Caroline's next week. Come and feature for me. And I was like, holy shit. What a fucking It was great. And so, I mean, I bombed the whole right then, right then. That's your lottery ticket moment. You're like, all right, I'm back. I yes, can, like now I, can I do can this. Try to pass at Caroline's. Yep, and then it worked. The, the Booker. I didn't. I mean, the shows were so-so, you know. Yeah. Uh, but like, I didn't do so hot. But, like, it was all right. But the but Booker loved me, and I, I remember the night. I, so anyway, so one night I walk up, and there's this this girl's walking down. I think she was a comic from from New York, and she was with Di Stefano, and I'd never met Mike. I didn't even yeah. know who he was. I just saw this just very intimidating looking Italian dude, just with huge arms, just walking. He was very down. sweet. He was a very sweet. He guy. was the kindest guy. But so. 
the girl goes, hey, I, are you are you one of the comedians? I was like, oh, yeah. And I start to introduce myself. And Mike goes, yeah, yeah, I know who the fuck you are. You better be fucking funny. And that's all he said to me. And I just was like, oh, God. And then I go up and I bomb <laughs> for like 25 minutes. And I'm thinking, Did I, who was that guy? I didn't know who he was. I thought just some angry audience member. I was like, yeah. Jesus, like, why is this guy so pissed coming into a club? And then I, I walk to the back and he's sitting in the green room. And he just smiles and gives this giant hug. I goes, dude, fuck that crowd. I thought you were fucking hysterical. Doug and I were fucking laughing. And I was like, oh, he's a comic. And, and then he was like, yeah, I was only mad at you because I wanted the gig. I was mad that Doug gave you the gig and not me. Oh, yeah. And then so I fucking hated you when I first met you. But he goes, no, I love you, man. You're great. And then so he said, come by this club tomorrow night. And, and then so I went in and, I, you know, we, were, we became like instant best friends. And like we were just inseparable for the next like nine months. And I lived in New York. And like when I when – I, and then so, you know, I just I had this nagging feeling that because before I moved to New York when I was still living here, I got passed at the improv. You know what I mean? Like a couple little things were like, oh, I could – you know. Yeah. And that was always biting at me, you know. And I was like, you know, because – I personally thought that like no matter how great it goes in New York, you're probably still going to have to come out here. That's and true. so it was like if I already have a little bit of an in and I would call the improv, you know, and just keep in touch and be like, hey, you know, I'm still here. Even when they got a new booker, I'm like, yeah, it was past, you know, blah, oh, blah, blah. that's so smart. I and never I just did stayed, any of that. I don't I, even know who's booking the improv right, right now. Right, <laughs> Like I stayed on them and I was like, fuck. So I just, you know, and then uh, they're like, no, yeah, we remember you, man. You're cool. And so, you know, like um, I just thought, you know, let me let me go. Let me try L.A. again. So I moved back to Texas for about a year saved up more bread and then came back out here and, and you know i've been here since and like so what year did you move out here? i remember the first time i saw you out here i was like yeah hey, what Actually, are you doing? So it was a little bad i was here in 2007 yeah for about a year and then i was in an awful relationship with this crazy evil piece of shit so i dumped her went back home just to kind of recharge my batteries a little bit yeah. and then moved back in like eight or nine months after that so i think around 2009 is when I was like here. It's, here. it's uh, the dude. The fucking key to being successful in this business is having a partner that's like 100 percent supportive. That's all you need. It's, like, it's dude, crazy. It's hard enough to get parents that are supportive. Fuck, but man. there's. I mean, I dated a chick who was so supportive of me getting into comedy, and then right. one day I was living in New York. I wasn't doing shit. I was there for seven months. I'm I'm guessing seven months, but probably I could probably figure it out exactly. I moved right. there in June. Yeah, I was there about seven months not doing shit. Yeah. Because November, I moved there in June, probably June, right? Is that when school ends? Right around, yeah, yeah, yeah about there in June. Because yeah. May, July, usually graduation in May, so yeah. June, July, June, July, August, September, October. I was there six months. Wow. And and within that f- four months where I was there, she, we broke up uh, and she told me, you know, maybe it's not going to happen. I remember. A couple, oh fuck! I remember a couple worst. uncles called my mom and said to my mom, "You know, when's he going to give up on this?" Uh. It's been four fucking months, and my mom's like, "He's going to, he's going to stick with it." And they were like, "You know, if it if it doesn't happen, you know, then you know he should know." So then, and then she was like, "My dad get you a job selling boats," and I was like, "Oh, boats. how fun!" <laughs> I was like, "Wait, you can't do that." I like, I'm not like I like. And then I I was like, fuck it. And then I got into Sam, and then I got a deal six months in, and everyone that was like, maybe you should give up was like, was like see, I told you you told should you. give up. Right. But uh, but after that chick, I said, I'm, I said, I'm doing this alone. Yeah. I don't want anyone in my life to fucking. It's tough. Because right? I'm I'm, I will succumb to a girl saying, move back to Orlando. I love you. Right, Pussy's right, right, right. here whenever you want it. Right. I'm, I'm that guy. I do it. 
I well, that's why I left that shit because it was starting to get to the point. I was like, you know what? This is fucking my career up. Like, I, I was started missing gigs because this is fucking I, I my make, career up. And so I was like, you know what? So I thought, you know what? I'm I can't stay here because again, I you know we were you know splitting the rent, all that kind of shit. And I was like, fuck, I can't I can't afford getting a place right now. So what happened was like when I realized I should probably leave her, my car gets totaled. And I was like, motherfucker, I was fucked. And I was like, oh, shit. And I luckily had gotten oh, a gig. Oh, it's like the universe challenging you. Yeah, it was like, what are you going to do, bitch? And I was like, okay. So my car gets total. It was the other the other guy tried to to try to beat a light and make, and make a left turn as everyone else is going. And he hit me. And then this fucking piece of shit, I think the guy lived in the neighborhood. And his friend, like a neighbor, just was walking. And he ran up. Even though the cop said it was his fault, everything, he runs up and says, no, no, you ran a red light. I'm like... I was fucking great. Like yeah. he just, he was the witness who fucked everything. So because of the cops and the witness, it just fought, it, it, it was a stalemate. So nobody got anything out of yeah. it, you know? And so I was like, well, fuck it. And then so I was like, shit, I'm toast. Like, that's it. I'm yeah. fucked. I was like, well, what am I going to do? I, I can't stay with this crazy piece of shit. I have to get out of here. And then I got in a gig. I, I had a gig booked for uh, go bananas in Cincinnati to headline yeah. and flew down there Got the got the money, the headlining gig money. Flew back home, and the, like the day I got back, I cashed the check, and I walked to a Toyota dealership that was near my apartment, and I just said, I did the math right, and I said, okay, I said I need I need a couple of hundred to drive back home to Texas, and I said here's twelve hundred bucks. I don't have any credit, but, but what can you do? And they got me a new car. You know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, fine. I just drove it home, and that was it. I just Are packed you my serious? shit. Yeah, I drove it back to oh, Texas. Man, those. I, I, this sounds shitty to say but like no. that's a moment in your life where where in the moment you're really fucking sad and this sucks but don't you look back at it and you're like fuck man that's like a fucking survivor it moment. It was so badass. It it's was like, like yeah, holy it's like shit. a fucking light the room on fire. I did it. I'm like, walking out. Yeah. Here's twelve hundred bucks. I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And then so I got the car. I pack my shit. I drive home. It to must Texas. have been a sad trip, but you were it was but, brutal. But, but it's it was empowering. Like, it's what changed you. I didn't sleep. I drove the whole drive. I, I was. I did like twenty three hours just from Los Angeles to to actually. I was in. I was in. Uh, I was in Houston, if I'm not mistaken, because I was working with Coco Diaz. He yeah. was he was at the Houston Improv, and he just I told him the whole situation. He goes, "Well, fuck, I'll be in Texas. Come, you know, come come work with me." Yeah. So I worked with Joey, and then it was great because it was a little bit of bread, you know. Yeah. And then I went. I just stayed with my family in South Texas, and then I would float back and forth. I would stay with friends. I would go between Dallas and Laredo, which is about an eight hour, you know, a six hour trip. And but I would I would I would spend a couple of weeks in Dallas, staying with friends or a girl. I was dating and i would i got a job at a uh i got my old job back at the bookstore you know and then so barnes and noble yeah so for barnes and noble oh fucking a man yeah so for about i was there i was there when they when they instituted the new uh the uh, pulling up books by their vin number or pin number yeah that's right isbn isbn yeah Yeah, i was the first bookmaster i was the very first (laughs) store to get that nice yeah new york yeah new york yeah we're the very first store to get that and they were like this everyone's going to be working off of this right i was like oh interesting (laughs) when i got the job at barnes and noble i thought i thought it was like this is going to be great i'll read nonstop. right i'll drink coffee and then fucking that's not how it (laughs) we should do a show called i worked at barnes and noble dude i try i I got. I'm not bragging. I really am not. I don't know how it happened. 
Dude, I somehow cleaned up on the employees when I worked there. It was with the chicks. We oh, always really? Because we, we had a cafe, so we go like make out in the in the freezer room. Oh, shut the fuck, fuck up. in the countdown room and shit. When you oh. bring your dude, it was hot. So wait, I interrupted you. You yeah. so you drive back. You stay with family. Stay with my family. Stay with Laredo. friends. And then I just I did Laredo and Dallas. So I'd float between Barnes and Noble and the road. You know, yeah. and I would just like I did before in New York. And then so I did that for about nine months. And this time I didn't save up nearly as much bread, but I kept calling again the improvs and that girl, Emily, who now works at the comedy store, who's just been the best. And I was like, hey, you know, she was the assistant to Eric, the booker at the time. And I'm like, hey, just wanted to check in. Just look, you're fine. You know, like you always have a home here. Just, yeah. you know, so I was like, all right, good. And then so I come back. Right. I, I, I come back to L.A. I find this apartment, the one I'm still at now, you know, and I. uh it was a great deal. I found it. It was great. I love this neighborhood. You know, it's a tiny apartment. I love where we live. You know, it's a great. And then, and then uh, I just started getting feature weeks at the improvs. And that's why I didn't need as much bread. You know what I mean? Because I already had a couple yeah. of, you know, gigs lined up to get rent. And that's what I did. I was like, fuck it. Let me just do this. And then, and so I moved back and I've been here since. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's so hard. It's like you said, you never know when it's going to happen. So you just have to stick with it. And that I knew when I left her. I was like, I can't stay here, but I know I'm coming back. You know, a lot of people don't come back. They leave and they stay gone, you know, but it's I was very like, hard. I have to come back. Yeah. It's very hard to get away from L.A. and then come back. Oh, man. It's it's the hardest thing. The, the only thing harder than moving L.A., moving to L.A. for the first time is moving to L.A. for the second or the third time. That's oh, way that's harder. A joke. That's that a is, joke. Right? But it's true, man. That's, it's way harder. That's a joke that only works in L.A., but yeah. that's a joke that would murder in <laughs> yeah, L.A. I should try that, huh? Yeah, because yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Well, you know what's so funny? Uh, my wife said something really insightful one night. We were going to uh, a going-away party for yeah. a friend of hers. And I said, I don't want to go. I go, this is sad. Right. Like, this is someone who gave up. This is someone who gave up on his right. dreams. He's moving home. Like, I don't, going away parties everywhere in the world are so great. Yeah, but in LA, they're really depressing. You're like, I would never throw one, dude. If I had to move back, I would never throw, hey, you want to come see me? No. Want to see me pack my shit? Yeah. Like, I'd be like, fuck. Along that. with my dreams and it's my just, car. It's the worst thing. Like, that wouldn't, I wouldn't tell fucking anybody. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, hey, Bert. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're at the, you're in Dallas this weekend at the theater? Oh, well, yeah, I live here now. I, that's what I yeah. would do it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I've been here for like two months, you know? Yeah, like, uh, I, my mom got sick. I didn't yeah, care. Exactly. And she said, I would to me, give she, you the biggest she was, lie. I, yeah. She was like, uh no no she goes i'm this is my wife's a definite out of the box glass glass half full thinker hardcore but she goes i'm celebrating his bravery i said why she goes it's the bravest thing in the world to decide that you don't want this right because everyone looks at it as you gave up but it's not giving up it's it's welcoming a new part of your life right and i was like Oh shit! And uh, but I, even still, I was like, I can't. Uh, that's I don't a, have that brain. That is like the best way to spin it, but I still don't buy it. You I'm know a what I mean? Like, snap guy. Like, yeah, yeah. Like fucking, I'm, I'm, I am fucking nose into the storm. Like that's the way I look at this business. You do not give up. You can't. Even if I have a fucking sex tape where I'm having sex, Too, with and fucking, you're calling her every racial slur under the sun, you know what I yeah, mean? With, like, with some chick that isn't my wife, and, it, yeah. and there's a dude in there. She's 14. And, you and know, the dude's just like yeah. throwing fucking money at us, and it just is it, I'm still showing at the clubs. Going, right. I'm not done, guys. I still have more I want to talk about. I can do this. Like, can this do is this. not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I I love the lottery ticket style of this city of yeah. this business. I mean, I, 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 I love having my phone with me and then knowing, like, the last podcast I did, one of my producers called me, and he's like, hey, uh, ooh. Good news? No, 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 but no, but no, not no, not good news. Oh, yeah, good news. 
but like this is how great the business is. Christopher Titus just texted me. Nice. Hey man, hey man I uh I'm I want to do the podcast. Oh, it's that's like, that's, awesome. that's how great this business that's is. That's killer. Christopher dude. Titus who when I got my first deal, his they they were producing his show mm. and I mean he is one of those guys that to this day everyone's like he does stand up different than everyone. Like he does it. He is a true unique voice. It's I, I worked with him one time in El Paso. Really? And it was just like I've never seen somebody just like the it was it was it was it was like it was uh I don't know how to explain it that set he did came across as like the funniest self help seminar you would it was weird. It was yeah. just like empowering to people, but it was mega funny. It was really interesting. It was yeah, it was it was it was it was tremendous. But that's dude. the weird thing about this business is that, you know, like I don't know. There's there's little victories, and if you can look at little victories, and I think yeah, that I I don't know. What do you want to do? Anything. I love it all. Like, no, I like just, well, like what like like if you like like I my wife believes in saying what you want right. out loud, yeah, and then it comes to you. Sure. Like I would like to be doing. I would like to be doing theaters. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I'm cool with doing clubs. Actually, I'm cool with doing clubs for the love rest of my clubs. life. Maybe love like, clubs, but I, I'd love to do theaters only because it would be less work with more money. More money, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And I'd really I mean, be like, stupid not if you had the opportunity. You have to take it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'd like to continue the path of creating my own content and putting it online. Yeah. I really enjoy that. Um, I'd like to stay at Travel Channel for fucking forty years. Yeah, I want to. I want to die at Travel Channel. That was my first ever gig. Really? It was they did this show called American Journeys, where they would follow people who made a living on the road. And they wanted to do one on, on a comedian. And I submitted a tape. My buddy Ben and I, like, we, you know, from high school, we just submitted a tape. I, I was I was like in my early 20s. I was, really? bar, I was Remember, I was at Barnes & Noble. I'll never forget. There was a payphone by the bathroom. And I would go to the payphone every afternoon. And I said, it's every week. They said, every week, call us. So I called like, well, we have over 200-something applicants or 2,000 applicants. We're looking at every tape. But thank you for calling. Call us. I call us. And they, you made the next cut. You made the next cut. You made the ne- and then finally, yeah, we're gonna use you. And I was like, holy shit! So my buddy and I, we drove to you know, uh, to, from Dallas to Davenport, Iowa, where I was hosting, and they just did it. Few- penguins? Uh, no, it was uh, the Funny Bone up there. Uh, oh, oh yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, and it was amazing. And like, I totaled my best friend's car. <laughs> Right when we the, the the documentary crew guys, there's this Australian crew, and they're like, you know, why don't we have Jerry drive? And like, uh, I, what was funny was I I was used to my mom. I didn't have my own car. I had my mom's big old clunky Chevy, yeah. which like you had to really turn that fucking you know you had to really turn that wheel to get. And I'm in my friend's brand new Jetta, and I didn't realize that the steering wheel was far more sensitive oh than my, my mom's car. And so we're on, we're getting on I-75 in Dallas, and the camera crews following. And I just spin us out, and we You're smash like, into fuck. We smash into a garbage truck and all this shit. Shut My, the fuck up. We we were completely we like, and that's how you know this guy's like your brother because like we we're so close that like we, once we were both. Uh, somehow not even a scratch in yeah. the both airbags everything not even a scratch and we're getting a drive from the tow truck driver who came to take us so you know within another hour and a half the 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 company you know we got to rent a car and we're off doing it again yeah and they're like you know what mate jerry's not gonna drive you know they're like, how about we have been drive <laughs> the rest of the trip and i was like and then so but like so as we're, this tow truck guy is taking us he's just telling us like out of the blue like hey, y'all lucky he goes, y'all lucky. He goes, one time I pick up a a, a baby dead 
and it looked like somebody just took a thing of ketchup and smashed that shit on the windshield of dead baby everywhere. And I mean, we're just trying not to laugh. We're just like, oh my God. You know, Holy shit. I had like, he just kept describing this dead baby that splattered on the windshield oh, and he was just getting fuck. more and more graphic. And I, I don't know why, but my friend and I were like, you know how it is with your friend? Like if I make eye contact, I'm, we're going to die laughing. Oh, yeah. So I had to turn and I had like the seatbelt like bunched up and just shoved <laughs> it in my mouth like a torture ball. I was like, okay, just bite down don't laugh bite down Wait, like what happened was, what happened to that guy ben is he still oh we're up? still no he's he was never a comic he was just my buddy he oh, was seriously? just my, they just said they were like hey because they said uh do you mind bringing a friend with you that'd be kind of fun to have like a two-person yeah. dynamic do you have a buddy because i was younger you know and yeah. i was like yeah my best friend ben and so we just did it and we, he was just he had you know he took he, he had just started a job but he was he'd been there long enough that he could take a little bit of time off of work and you know he took off a week and we just went and did it and it was like it was great like it, we had a blast like it was so much fun but yeah, like I told this car day one, but it was for the Travel Channel. Never forget it. that was my first ever TV credit. Anything? Yeah, that's what I'd like to stay there for like forty years. <clears throat> I'd like to do scripted. Yeah, I'd like to do scripted, not because I know that I'd love it, right? But because I'd like to try. Yeah, I'd like to. I mean, to be dead honest with you, if uh, I'm, I'm actually enjoy meaning like uh, the time spent making the shows I make for Travel Channel. Yeah, I enjoy that time the most right now. I can't imagine. And I think this to myself. I can't imagine that I'd enjoy scripted more, um, but right. I but I'd like to try to find out, dude. I don't see how I've, all the shows you've done for them. It just looks like you're having the time of your life. I just, have the greatest time of my it's life. So much. Fun, I literally dude. have the greatest time of my life, and I work with the greatest people, and I laugh nonstop. And have you ever gotten seriously hurt? Yeah. Is it scared? Are we scared? Were you like, eh, nah, fuck it? Like it's part of it. Beyond like- seriously hurt. I got. I fell off a waterfall. Jesus. And I dude. I fell on my back, and oh. I couldn't. Um, was that for okay. Kirker, Conker, or was that for Herbert? For that was for Trip Flip. Trip Flip. Uh, yeah. Oh, dude, trip, dude. Yeah. And so I fell off a waterfall like 15 <laughs> feet, and on my back, and I was like, and I couldn't. Fuck. I couldn't. Not only could I not breathe because it hurt to breathe, but it was like I didn't know if I broke my spine, and I didn't Jesus, know if I ruptured dude. my kidneys, and Be okay, I had to thankfully. crawl Revenant style. Yeah, I had to call, crawl out of a canyon. Fuck. And it's so funny. We watched the Reverend. The Reverend. Revenant? Revenant. We watched The Revenant the other yeah. night. Good? It's great. Yeah. It's great. But there's, you know, there's a moment where he's like crawling and I literally was, I said to my wife, I, did that. I go, I go, I empathize with that feeling. <laughs> She's like, you were never attacked by a bear like that. And I was like, no, you don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, I've been hurt. But it's, Damn. But it's it, you know. You're gonna get hurt. that. Just accidents happen. It has nothing yeah, to do with course. the network. It has nothing to do with no. Me, sure, sure. I mean, what, what, I mean, the, or anything. It's just what, what was the one you did that was. A, I love the one where it was like on, then that little mud hole thing where you're like, oh, doing, redneck water, dude. Skiing. That was so badass. I drank that, a big gallon of water at that day uh, out of that pool of that cows were just oh. shitting in, and I was like, this is how you get fucking sick and die. <laughs> yeah. And I remember saying that to the people there whose kids were throwing mud at each other, and that's like and, shit. That's and like they were half like, shit. And this half one mud. mom was like. You know what, guys? Out of the mud. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, there's probably like bacteria in here. Um, yeah, but God. like, what, what do you want to do? What would you love? To, what would like if there was a phone call that you could get today that would just Golly. be like, it would be to have my own uh, single camera scripted sitcom, right? Yeah. But like, you know, a more R rated. 
like, like Jim Jeffries? Yeah, something that would be like on you could put on Netflix or like HBO or Showtime. Yeah. I mean, hey, if, if, if a network, a major network, well, sure, I'm not stupid. That's what everyone right? says. You're like, you're like, yeah, I, like I definitely would do a network. I mean, I'm not dumb, but like, but if, your voice is probably right. More it's suited. way more suited for something that's like a little smaller, cr- smaller, more focused audience, right? Yeah. And like, uh, I would love that. I would love to make a movie. You know, all that kind of shit. But all it does, movie and TV would be tremendous. I would love to just have my own sitcom. You know, write a script about something like i wrote i actually wrote a screenplay about the year i spent with that crazy chick and i think it's pretty funny you know whatever i would love to have that get made that kind of shit but i I just still want to do stand-up though you know what i mean like i don't know if i ever don't i i one thing i'm kind of worried about is getting so famous that you quit doing it you get what i mean like how eddie murphy is just like yeah you know i never i don't need this anymore i don't know and it's like man i don't ever want to i mean it's not it has i don't think it has anything to do with fame i think it has to do with money yeah i think it has to do with money and hunger like it's really hard. Like I'm surprised that Kevin Hart still puts out specials because you would think this guy does not need the money and he's probably not that. Which I is, think Kevin's. Know. I think Kevin is a uh, is an anomaly in this yeah. business. Yeah. I think he is. I think he when he. I think he says when he's the hardest working man in show business. I think he just is very driven. He yeah. has to be. I, I I can't see. I mean, I, I I know him and I remember when he started, but I wouldn't say that he was. The most overly driven person when I sure. saw him in the clubs, but like I think he's one of those guys that just is like, I mean I think all of us would be like that to be honest with you. Yeah, I think if you give me a fucking major motion picture and I can sell out arenas and I'm I can doing make, it, I can make twenty million dollars right. a year. I'd be like fuck yeah, put me on the road. Would you do like some like because you know I work with Iglesias a bunch, yeah, you know, Gabe and he. I mean that same thing. The dude's out there in like fucking hockey arenas. Well, selling so it, out. It, it, it becomes obsessive compulsive. You it's become like, uh, obsessive about it because yeah. I'll tell you what. This last year I worked. Uh, I never. I don't think I had. My wife did the math, but I think I had maybe like one weekend off. Yeah, like one weekend off. Like wow. like a weekend. I worked straight. I did two series. I did stand up the entire time. Nice. I did my podcast. See, that's a dream, man. And I, but but the thing is, you. I got obsessed with making money yeah like i just was like i just I don't like, i'll do it all i was like yeah. I'll, I'll fucking shoot the travel show in atlanta i'll do the atlanta improv i'll shoot the travel show in dc do Dude. the baltimore improv yep. do the baltimore uh whatever that club is and and then i was obsessed with i was like fuck if i'm on the road i'm working yeah and then i just this december i took all of december off uh, all of it does it feel good it was i don't want to go back to work i'm like yeah. i'm like so fucking centered yeah i'm not a fucking mess i don't have stomach problems right my pancreas isn't hurting anymore i'm just like That's i'm really nice. <laughs> fucking grounded i mean i sat in the man cave yeah. last night smoked a cigar drank wine and listened to music i haven't done that in fucking forever that's nice like, just got fucking weird uh i've i've put out 17 episodes of this vlog that i started nice i've i've posted i think seven podcasts in the month I've had more interesting conversations with people this last month and yeah. a half than I've, I think I had all year, probably. It's nice. It's, see, I, I'm starting to do a vlog thing. And again, it's, the thing is hard to not get discouraged for me. You know, because again, it's like, oh, I only have like 80 views. Jesus, this sucks. Don't and it's fucking, like, you know what? I just what do you have? Do you have the channel right now? 
It's a YouTube channel. Yeah, what's, yeah. Your, what's your YouTube channel? It's just, just my name, just Jerry Rocha. Jerry Rocha. Yeah. And your your Twitter is Jerry A. Rocha, right? Yes. No, no, I switched it. It's Rocha Comedy. Rocha Comedy. I thought it'd be easier. Yeah, Rocha yeah. Comedy. It was a little confusing. Yeah, it's like Jerry and I fucking Rocha, Rocha Comedy. Because like, Jerry Rocha is taken. There's yeah. some fucking cell phone salesman in Atlanta. And I was like, are you kidding? Or something. He's, but yeah. What, what's your vlog? What do you do? I your just vlog? talk about, I have one called Dumb It Down where I just take like nerdy shit and like, like jokingly badly try to explain it, like yeah. Star Wars or video games. And then I just have another one called why the fuck not where i just talk about you know whatever one of them i was i made a bit and i because I, I wanted i, I want to see the movie but everyone was saying how great the revenant was but all i saw from the trailer it to me it just looked like a gritty yosemite sam story and i was like they might as well just call it the yosemite sam story because he uh, yeah. kind of looked like yosemite sam he does look and, like and that. it was like what the and all i kept and he won the golden globe the other night but all they showed was just him like he killed me so i'm gonna kill him and i was like how uh, is he yeah. winning an oscar for this by the way that's kind <laughs> of the thing yeah i was like how is he gonna win an oscar just for he killed me so i gotta go kill him Ooh, that rascal that rabbit you know? <laughs> and i was like that just, it just seemed how like, often do you release your vlogs i try to do one every monday so here's here's what i do i'll take because I have, I have a little podcast and it's just me ram- it's called the ramble because i just ramble in my room i just talk shit if i'm on the road great and, it, and so i'll either take like what i think is like a funny little snippet from that and i'll put it up i try to put something up every monday you know yeah. something i you know just well to- i think this i think the way vlogs work yeah and i would i would suggest this yeah like the more often you put them up the more traction they get ah really so yeah. try to do it like a couple times a week maybe a podcast has got to be once a week right because it's yeah. such long form right. content that people are cool with you being in their rotation like i listen to Marin, Rogan, yeah. Bert, Joey, Ari, like that's how they work it, and they're like, so I li- and but a vlog, the they're best when they're daily. Oh yeah, so okay. If I were sense. you, I would do an experiment. I know that my vlog right now is like biweekly, sure, only because I do so much editing in it, right? That I'm like, I can't. I just tell them I don't have the fucking time. right, Man, right. Was, um, I would love to get a fucking producer or like an editor like a real editor who i could give it to hey make and, this and just be <laughs> yeah. like here's my string out can you put this together right. but uh but try yeah. try one week or try for a month say because uh, there's a guy named casey Neistat who did it every day for a year and he's like probably one of the biggest vloggers out there nice and he's like i'm gonna do a vlog every single day challenge yourself and go i'm gonna do a vlog every day of february and i'm gonna do another like I'm going to do a brand new five-minute rant on a subject, or I'm going to do a dumb right. it down, and, and try it every day and see if you don't gra- grab a little traction. I'll try that. I think, yeah, I of think course. that's the way they work the best, right. especially if you're doing like a single-camera type thing. I think those ones are best suited uh, for like daily vlogs. Yeah, it makes sense. That's true. Because yeah, it's easier to get lost in the shuffle of vlogs once a week. Well, people, right? Yeah, people, yeah. people want to check in with you and go, what yeah. is today about? Right, right, like, right. I, right. I, I watch Casey Neistat's vlog every single day. Every day I watch it. Nice. Because I go, and it's a weird little serotonin drip where you're like, you're like, oh, I'm fucking tired. I'm hungover. I'm taking a shit. I mean, oh, what did Casey yeah, Neistat did yeah, yesterday? Yeah, true. That's a really good point. Yeah, I, I would try that. What And so, ideally, like a... a, a to to do your own single camera show would be like I would a cool love that I would love that man that'd be so much fun yeah, yeah. and it's kind of inspired it's good to see guys like Marin get one now you know where it's like okay it is bullshit you don't they you don't have to be 23 no. you know what I mean like you always hear that like you're a 23 year old comic speak god yeah it's like what are these idiots I mean not no offense but to you know I'm sure so there's some hysterical ones there's a lot of really like Pete Davidson is another anomaly that kid is very he's funny so fucking funny and you're just like god this kid's like 
22 and he's he's a beast you know but yeah. for the, but he's a, to me he's like a rare exception because most most young comedians like dude what do you know like what yeah. just shut up you know but like and you always hear like oh that's what they want they want kids and I don't believe that I just think those are they people do. Who- no they do there's people that but there's you know there's there's so many outlets these days yeah there's so many outlets that when I got in the business and you got a deal, and they're like, "Fuck, of course he's twenty six. Of course you got a deal. Right? I'm fucking too old. I'm thirty five. Right? I mean, that's. I mean, I, there were guys that were in their thirties that were like, "Fucking, oh, that's it. My career's over." And like, honestly, I mean, it's not, it's, it sounds shitty, but like, Marin's was Marin fifty right now. Yeah. Like Marin was when I, when I was getting deals. Marin was like at that point in his career was like, "The fuck am I going to do? Right? I'm getting old." Like and but he just changed the business. He's like, fuck it, I'll I'll make a podcast something that you have to acknowledge as a force of nature. Yeah, and it was crazy. And it's and now those guys dictate. When I got a deal, there were three networks and there were like four uh, cable providers you could go to. Amazing. WB. UPN. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to someone about this the other day. USA was USA, like it. Yeah. It was it. And FX. FX. And that was it. Yeah. Now you've got fucking Netflix, Amazon, Yahoo, There's fucking so YouTube, ABC, NBC, CBS, fucking right. the CW. There's so many avenues to take content. It's crazy, it's been, man. And there's so many eyes. Like, you know, the other thing was, I believe people were different back then. Like, once you were 40... In 99, you were like, uh, I think I'm good. Bye-bye now. Yeah. I'm not going to be learning about the internet. <laughs> I mean, and now you look at it and you're like, I'm fucking 43. I feel young as shit. Yeah, man. I, I go into the store and I'm like, I'm still a young comic. Like, yes. don't ever think I'm not. When I go to Flappers, I may do the road a lot, but I don't think I'm not a young comic. I'm a, I'm an experienced comic. I've been doing it for a long time. I know time. what you mean, man. I know what I'm doing, but I'm not fucking old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's true. It's, I mean, I can't it, believe that. Yeah, it, and it's like, it, that's what I love about, like you said, just, you know, that's why it's like seeing Marin get his show. It's like, okay, good. So you, you don't have to be some 22 year old boy band pretty right. kid it's like okay you can actually be experienced and have real shit to talk about and, and get through and mikey d was in that he was going on that same path you know sadly we lost him but you know like he was you know he was getting a lot of he heat and all stroke the- heart attack heart attack yeah yeah jesus christ he was uh god it was that was the roughest I'll he know. beat aids though he beat aids that was the roughest <laughs> day it was he would always say that when he would come visit me like i would drive him around and i'm one of these people like i'm so bad about it i got a lot better about it now Wait, but like, tell everyone for that doesn't know about yeah. mike mike was the funniest like he was from the bronx he was this uh italian comedian who just was just the most honest comic you'll ever see like it just there was nothing about him that was pretentious there was no like he and he to his detriment to his credit like he would like there was a night when this guy came up to a show this comedian and he would talk shit he's like bragging about how funny he is and all this stuff and then he goes i don't even remember the guy's name just some dude who's like and he, and he goes up stage and he bombs and he still is acting cocky and he goes hey so what'd you guys think and mike goes i think you should throw yourself down a flight of fucking stairs because that was fucking terrible and he got, and the guy was like mortified but that's yeah. how mike was just like he would punch audience members like i saw him he literally just knocked the fuck out of a heckler after a show really he knocked the shit out of the guy it was great like he was just but i mean yeah he was just so funny everything about him was like honest and raw and just like um he uh 
he had this – I mean, there's so many things that he would do. I have a million Mikey D stories. I'll tell you my favorite one, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, please. He never got to tell this joke on stage or at least record it, which is such a shame. But you know his story. Um, I'll tell it to everybody who doesn't know. He's a very funny comedian, but for most of his life, he was a heroin addict. Yeah. And he, him, his wife, and his best friend all got AIDS from sharing a needle one day. And his wife and his best friend both die. The HIV just kind of went dormant in Mike's system. So it was there, but he couldn't even really – it got to the point where he, he couldn't really even give it to anybody. It had yeah. to be like a miracle for him to give HIV to some, to some girl he had sex with. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he, of course, he would always tell every girl, look, yeah. here's a deal. You know, we're wearing- I knew a girl he dated uh, from Cleveland who was really fucking cool. Maria. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah she yeah, was yeah. great. She was great. Yeah, yeah. and he's and and Mikey was like, uh, I mean, you know, all the people that were really close to Mike, we all will still hit each other up every now and again. It was just, you know, yeah. it, it, you know, I still talk to his brother all the time, and you know, like he was, uh, but Mike, yeah, he, um, he, he, uh, he got it. You know, he got it, but nothing came out of it from him. His wife and his best friend both die of AIDS, very close to each other. Then about six months after that, his father dies of cancer. So he just quits heroin and starts doing stand-up. He started in his mid to late 30s. And he was like, fuck it. This is all right. And then so he just, you know, and so he made a living, though, before he got, before he started to take off as a comic. And he still did it, did it even after he kind of hit as a comedian, is he would do drug counsel. He would talk about drugs at, at colleges. And I so, saw him on a fucking show on Annie one time. Yeah. About that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he, and so he has this dude. I'm so pissed he didn't do this on stage, but or at least it get recorded, you know. But he told this story where he did a very religious college. And he said the, the the person who booked him gave him this laundry list of shit he couldn't talk about. Like, you can't condone homosexuality. You can't condone the usage of condoms. And he's like, he was already mad. So what, Mike was the type of guy, once you tell him, hey, you can't do this, well, guess what I'm going to do, you know? And so yeah. he was like, well, fuck you, you know? And then so he, uh, so instead he went and the lady was, the one who booked, she was watching him. And... The kids, he said, for whatever reason, I think some of the students had already knew he was a comedian. Yeah. So, like, they were kind of in on it. They And so he walked up, and they were trying not to laugh, and he was too. But he called me right after it happened. He just called me from the college, and he goes, oh, he tells me the story. And he said, I had a demon. I need to talk about a demon that aff- afflicted me. This demon was called heroin. And he goes, this demon infected my life for 15 years. It, it ruined me. And then he goes, and it, 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 this demon infected my wife and my best friend and it infects so many people and this demon is an evil thing and he goes and and he goes um and one day my wife and my best friend we were so in, so affected by this demon so controlled by it that we did heroin and we we shared needles with other people and and uh it gave myself my wife my best friend we all got hiv and he goes uh, my wife and my best friend passed away he goes the hiv remained dormant in my system and i'm still here today he goes because the lord shone his light onto me and he allowed me to be free of this demon. And the Lord came down and he wiped this addiction away. From me. He's telling the story. He wiped this addiction away from me, the Lord. And he goes and he washed all my sins for me. And he's like, and now I'm free of this demon. And that's why I'm here to talk to you because I have a purpose. You know, the Lord gave me a purpose. That's why he cured AIDS because from he cured my AIDS to give me a purpose because I had a purpose for the Lord. And then he paused and he goes, my wife, she didn't really serve him any purpose. So he went ahead and let her die of AIDS. <laughs> 
but I, but I had a purpose. She didn't serve any purpose. So he went ahead and let her die of AIDS. And then like, and the lady gets up and leaves, right? And then once she walks out, Mike's like, all right, is that fucking twat gone? All right. And then the crowd, lo- the kids love it. He starts, he starts talking. And then she just, she wasn't offended. She had to leave because some yeah. obligation. And she comes up to him afterwards and right over her head she was like that was the most beautiful speed <laughs> she oh, didn't buy it at all so weird. and i was like mike you gotta tell that on stage and i think he did a couple times but it was never recorded but i just there was nothing funnier than that line like yeah he really didn't she didn't really serve I, him any purpose God. so he went ahead and let her die of aids but that was mike he was like just i mean he was a really good storyteller Amazing. I heard him tell Amazing. a story about uh, seeing his wife in hospice. The Franny's last ride. Yeah. He, he broke break her, He broke her out yeah. to ride her around on his Harley one last time. Yeah, yeah. It was it was amazing. Like he was. Uh, he really. It just. Uh, it, I miss him every day. It sucks. We were so close. Like we would talk every day, and it's yeah. just like it was a bummer, man. It was it was a rough. That was a rough. I was I was in Atlanta doing a gig. I'll tell you this because I'm not religious, right? I don't yeah. know if you are. I don't know. Like I don't want to yeah. be, but like. Um, and there's nothing wrong, you know. Hey, it's but I. One thing that was very odd to me was, uh, you know, the night he passed away. So I, I'm working in Atlanta. Um, I fly home. I, I took a red eye, right? And so I land. It was like at eight, nine in the morning, right? In in LA at LAX, and I wake up. And no, it wasn't right. It was like a, the flight left at like five in the morning, right? Yeah. So it felt like you know. Yeah. But like, and so I got to LA like eight in the morning, whatever, and nine, and I, I just wake up. And I'm in the back of the plane, slept the whole flight, and I'm in the very back of the plane, and I just turn on my phone, and then like a hundred text messages. I'm so sorry. How are you? Are you okay? Do you need to talk? And I'm like, what the fuck happened? And then right as that happened, uh, my phone rings, and uh, another comic, uh, Daryl Wright, really, he knew Mike too. He calls me up. Yeah. He's crying. goes, tell me it's not true. And I'm like, dude, I don't. I just got off a plane. What? He goes, Mikey, we lost Mikey. We lost Mikey. And I was like, I just... I couldn't even move, you know, luckily I was, everyone had already left the plane yeah. and then I just start bawling and then the stewardess come over and they're like, Hey, we don't need to take off for a minute. So if you need to stay here for, you're fine. Yeah. You know? And I was like, Oh, thanks. I did kind of, you know, it took me a couple of minutes to kind of compose myself and I'm walking out and then like, uh, you know, and then I you know, I go home. It was, Oh dude, it was brutal. But what, what was, what was so weird was when Mike was on last comic standing, we did a, that season together. He was out here and we went to go see a friend of his, and um who lived in like north hollywood area and we're going by uh, her and her husband's house and we just and mike saw a coyote because that can happen out here right you'll just see i saw a coyote walking down my street one day right it's crazy and he lost his shit mike was like what the he wanted to go try to keep it like he was literally like i want to catch that fucking thing it was this huge one beautiful and he's like dude i fucking want that thing man he was trying to literally we circled around he kept following it like trying to see where it was going yeah he was obsessed with and he all he talked about was this coyote he saw he just thought it was the coolest thing he's just in love with it and then uh so i'm in atlanta and it was like like the show ends and I'm walking out and I was waiting for whatever. We hung out for a while at the punchline and uh, and I was featuring, you know, and I forgot who the headliner was. It, it might have been Madrigal. It might have been Tom Rhodes. I don't remember. I think it, I think it was Tom Rhodes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was. It was Tom. And um, and uh, so, you know, the show's over and we're just hanging out and stuff. And this is chronologically, I think, right around the time that Mikey passed away. And so 
the door guy after we're hanging out and she's like, Hey, I'll, I'll take you back to the hotel. So he's driving me. And as he's driving me, this giant coyote just slowly walks in front of the truck. And the door guy was like, what the fuck? And the thing, the coyote just turned. I swear, dude, for again, I'm not religious. Yeah. It's just probably the craziest coincidence, but the thing looked me dead in the eye and it looked like it kind of nodded and then just turned off and kept walking. And I was like, Oh shit. And I thought, you know what? I should call my, and the, the door guy was like, dude, I've lived in this neighborhood for 40 years. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. Like I've never seen a coyote because he was losing his shit. And then so I I go home, you know, the hotel and I'm packing and I start thinking I should call Mike. And I thought, you know what? He's probably asleep. I had no idea. It was too late anyway. And I just started thinking of him and I'm just laughing, packing, just laughing my ass off, thinking of stories yeah. of shit that Mike and I had done and stuff like that. It was just crazy. And then, you know, he was Buddhist and that's what they want. They want you to not cry but to laugh it helps apparently they want happy thoughts yeah. because it helps ascend the soul to a higher place so i'm hoping i did him a favor you know that night and did a did him a solid and God. and gave, but it was it was rough dude that was that was uh it was but it was an amazing like he was the funniest fucking dude like just would say the funniest shit like one time there's these two comics outside this club in new york and they're both like kind of pretty boys right now one of them was a comedian he's like a pretty boy and he was he was hooking up with a married girl and her husband. So it's Jesselnick and who? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. This kid was like a door guy. He wasn't yeah. even, you know. And he was. That's yeah, funny yeah. though, right? And he was he was hooking up with this with this married chick. And her husband. Someone said, "Hey, you know, we see your husband coming down the street." And her husband was like an actor and like a pretty boy, you know. Yeah. And they were just two very dainty, you know, guys. And then the door guy goes, "Well, am I gonna have to kick his ass?" And then Mike just goes. That would be adorable. <laughs> if you two fought, that would be the most adorable fight I would ever seen. Like just shit like that. He was so it's great. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, he was. Uh, it, it was that was rough there. That was a rough one. He was yeah. a solid dude, man. He really was. Like, yeah. uh, and I like I said, I only had a f- couple run-ins. Sure, with him where, sure. But it was like he was the kind of guy that you didn't need to know him at all. Yeah, and and, and he would, and and I knew of him. I'd seen him. I think we had met a couple times, but like you didn't need to know him at all. And he already, he it's like he already came up. The way he approached you was like, "Don't worry, I know everything about you. I know yes. you know everything about me. Let's just start from here. We're cool. Yeah, yeah that's how he, man. That's how he it was. Like, I think he saw me and he was like, "Ah, the fucking party guy, huh?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah," and he was like, "Ah, yeah, nice. I used to be like that." <laughs> he was a he was a very sweet guy. It was, it was like the best is we would do ethnic shows in New York. And he he would always do like Italian shows, yeah. And he would make a mockery of the whole thing, like he would do, like he, he would tell a punchline, and after every punchline, only on those shows, he would go, "Oh, I'm Italian over here," you know, just shit like that. Like it was, oh man, it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was always fun. It was just always fun. He was just, he would call me. He hated that I left New York. Yeah. And he would call me when I, when I was in Texas before I went to LA. Like when I told him I said that little time, I saved up a little bit of bread again. And he would call me, go, hey, Jerry, that's want to let you know. I can't wait for you to move to LA and fail so you can come <laughs> back to New York. You know, like this shit like that. Like you would always yeah. say that. Like it was really funny. He was, he was great, man. He was great. That's the beautiful thing about our profession is you run into those people that like, like I always say, to, I, I said last night at dinner, we were talking about something, and I said, I said, I, you know, I don't know what, I'm sure I was drunk, but I said, you know, you got to realize, like, I don't know what this was in reference to, but it was something about funny or da-da-da, right. and I was like, no, you you don't understand, like, 
I'm like in the top 500 funniest people in the world, probably. Right. And they were like, they were like, that's not true. And I could no. And I was like, no, I forget what we were talking about. And I, I think we we're talking about Bill Burr. And I said, you got to realize he's like top one percent of the funniest people in the world. He's in the top one percent of that. Yeah. And I was like, I know the funniest people in the world. I said, oh, I think we we're talking about my podcast. Uh, we were talking about vlogs. Yeah. And we were talking about podcasts. And I was like, I was like, no, 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 no. Trust me when I say, like, I watch a lot of vlogs. A lot of these people that people say are funny are not funny. Yeah. So when you tell them, oh, they should have a TV show, they should do stand up. No, they shouldn't. No, they they really, shouldn't. really shouldn't. It would be bad. They, they've gotten very successful with their vlog. And I'm not talking right. about anyone I've mentioned. Today, I know what you mean. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. But like, they've gotten very successful. They should just, you know, keep stick it to that. Yeah. Like, there's this guy, Roman Atwood. Very interesting vlog. Right. Very funny guy. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he should tour as a headliner or write his right, own script. Right. I think what he's doing is really great, and he should stay doing that. It's entertaining. I enjoy it. But, like, and then I was saying, like, you understand, like, Bill Burr, when he does F is for Family, you got to check that out because he is the f- – if I'm top 500, he's top 15. It's crazy. Like, it's yeah. in the world. It's like those guys who are like superstars among like it's it's like NBA like yeah. we're, we're those guys who are like somehow superstars playing with guys who are better than anyone else. Maybe I'm basketball. not top five hundred. Maybe I'm top thousand though. But I don't like, know about that. You're top like, five hundred. I don't know. Like I'm trying to now. You're I'm trying my to put it in perspective, and I'm like I bet there's a lot of really funny writers that are like insanely hilarious. Uh, I don't know. Pure stand up. I don't know, dude. You, Just you, pure stand up. I think you figure there's what is there like a hundred clubs. Yeah, probably two hundred headliners yeah. working at any given time. Yeah, yeah, you're I'm one of those guys. You're definitely I, higher than that. Yeah, so yeah, but, I don't know. I, but like, I but I, I was saying to someone like, and that's the beauty of this business is like, you you say something about Bobby Kelly, and I go, oh, I got a million Bobby Kelly stories, right? And it's I got a million Patrice stories. I got a oh, million man. Bill Burr stories. I got a million of just hangout funny like Greg Giraldo. Oh like, God, and 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 I and it's like to Stefano, it's like he was just. He was one of those guys that was just funny because he was funny. It wasn't like he was a written funny. Right. He just naturally, there was like, he would just, it was crazy. Like, oh, oh yeah. we were talking about, uh, what we were talking about last night was uh, Pat Oswald. I did a podcast with him on Doug Loves Movies. Oh, nice. And he was making fun of me for like 30 minutes. Right. And they were like, and someone said, did your feelings get hurt? I said, not at all. It's You're fine. talking about a fucking ninja yeah. in comedy <laughs> deciding that I'm going to be his target. I I'm go, good. I fucking laughed my dick off. It was great. I go, it was one of the funniest fucking things I've I've ever been blessed to be a part of. You got to understand, I believe that people make fun of people they like. They don't no make question. fun of people they don't like. You don't even don't, talk to people. Like, you don't even exactly. acknowledge people. You're like, yeah, fuck those guys. I go, you're telling me fucking Ratatouille is destroying me? Come on. Like, yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah, dude. Like... And it was so funny, and and it was one of those things where you just go, like, yeah, I, I got like I'm lucky. We're really lucky to have no those people in our lives, and it's we're really lucky to be those people. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like you're that guy for somebody else, you know? Yeah. Like that's what's great, you know? Like that's an amazing thing to think about. Like amazing. you're that person for someone else, you know? So where can everyone find your vlog? Uh, it's just go yeah go to go to YouTube just Jerry Rocha R O C H A, um you know I, yeah it's uh, and do do I'm telling you do it try to do it daily and start make a statement yeah. that in February, and and incorporate your fans in February I'm gonna do a rant every day okay. at whatever yeah. like whatever time you do yours right pick a time, 
and then so post it. So like, well, so, I do. I usually film them the night before and then put them up. You know, have them up by the so morning. So do them the night before, yeah, and post yeah. them first thing in the morning. That's not a bad idea. And have your fans give you ideas of what to rant about, right? Right. Like, and and tell me, hey, Bert, I'm doing my my February cool. vlog. All right. And I'll tweet it out to my fans. Oh, thanks, my man. fans will give you Fucking ideas. Hey, yeah. And what'll happen is at least it'll fucking i do believe it draws traction you're right now yeah but you're right i think we did a good point with the vlog since they're only like what six minutes tops mine, mine are like eight nine minutes yeah but, what but, that's you can do that every filmed, day like they're i film them like i go out and do shit yeah and i walk yeah. around and i put you know so it's a little more time that's cool like, fucking a little exhausting that's but cool. there's six minutes of you ranting you can bang one of those out every single every night day. your writing will step up and i think it'll aggregate people to your to your YouTube absolutely channel. right yeah, that's true. i know i'll retweet it do a couple well, thanks, podcasts yeah. and tell people, hey, this is what I'm doing this week, this yeah. month. But yeah. Do it every day in February and then take a look at your numbers and see if they grew. I, I looked at my vlog and I was like, I had 4,000 followers on my YouTube channel. And I was like, okay, I was, this was in, uh, this was two months ago. Okay. To maybe th- almost now three months. I was in Philly and I was looking at these guys' vlogs and I was like, I have 4,000 subscribers to my channel. And I was like, okay, if I go and start doing bi-weekly vlogs, then... I wonder if I can increase my viewers to like. I was like, I wonder if I can get to like eight thousand. Yeah, and and then I very quickly I got to like I think I'm at like fifteen thousand right nice. now. Nice, but it's just it, but it's just by putting out content and going, hey guys, just so you know, this right. is a place you can come check back, and there'll be new stuff. Right, right, right. right. That's what I think. That's what you should. I do. might try sooner than February, dude. I'm inspired. I might try dude, to bang them out soon. Start yeah. it tonight. Yeah, be I might inspired do that. and just yeah. say like that's the cool thing about inspiration. I always say it just shows up for me. I can't. It's the problem is that it just shows up for me, so I can't say it's going to be here every day. But like right. when you get inspired, just start fucking doing it. That's true. I, that's I'll, true. I'll, I'll, I'll what, so like what what are the rant subjects? Oh, I just do video games, comic books, movies, music, anything. You should fucking uh, anything that's nerd, that nerdy shit that I love. I go off on it. I love it, dude. I love it. Yeah. I think you should start sooner. The sooner the better. Yeah. All right, I'll do it. I think this has been great, man. It's, it's I appreciate really thanks for having me, dude. You. Yeah, it's been it's great. Been, man. Well, it's you're like one of the few people that I see out right at the clubs, and I go, oh fuck, <laughs> shit, like, Bert. Like yeah, a fucking, it's, great, it's like a it's like a beacon of hope. Oh, thanks, like, oh, ditto, man, ditto. I'm still in it. <laughs> it was fun seeing you at Target. I was like, ah, shit, that yeah. guy's crazy. <laughs> you know, what's even funnier than that is I said to my wife, goes, who is that? And I said, oh, he's a comedian. Yeah. She's like, how do you know him? I said, God, we worked on the road together. At the last stop. Yeah, that was our first time. That was the one time you were like, I think you were supposed to get a ride home with the guy that was owning the club at the time. Yeah. And you're like, he is way fucked up. I am not getting a ride. I remember that. Yeah. I was like, "Uh, that's my ride. (laughs) And I got in the car with him and I was like, this is not, this is one of those, this is like, you know, there's like 95% of the time you drink and drive, you're probably fine. There's that 5% where you know you're getting in an accident. And I just got in the car with him and I was like, oh dear God, please get me from point A to point B. I wonder what he's doing. I haven't talked to him I haven't heard from Pete in a minute, man. I haven't heard from Pete in a long time. Yeah. He's been, uh, he was always nice to come. Comics, man. He was good to us. Yeah. I liked him. Yeah, I liked him a lot. I, I never had a problem with him. People hated him. Some people. I. I mean, I guess. I guess. I was. I guess we were the lucky people. Only saw his good side. You know, I, fine. We'll he was it. always really good to me. He paid me yeah. three grand for my first headlining oh, gig. That's so on nice. Thanksgiving, and he said, "Just so you know, this isn't for all the times, but you have a wife and you have a kid. Oh, that's so great. come bring them down here. We'll f- uh, they you know pay your travel. They put me up a really nice hotel, and that first Thanksgiving I had with George and Leanne." That's we were awesome. in a hotel room in Houston, and I made three thousand. That's so badass, dude! And I was, and he lost his ass that week, of course, because no yeah. one showed up to the fucking club. 
But man, man, I yeah. The fact was, that those guys, the guys who were willing to do that, oh, forget it. Tremendous, man. Yeah, I like Tremendous. his ex-wife too. I don't. I don't think I met her. I'm, I hung out with her. I, I, yeah. I'm forgetting her name right now. But, right. Uh, she was really good. Uh, she that Thanksgiving, she took Leanne. I mean, we had no money. Yeah. No yeah, money. Yeah. And she took Leanne and Georgia clothes shopping for Georgia. Nice. She bought Georgia like three outfits. Damn. And that's I was so like, nice. And then when they split up, she called me and she said, "Hey, I just want to give you a heads up. Pete and I are getting a divorce." And I was like, "Okay." She was like, "I, you know, I want to take you to dinner." To nice. tell you that it's not him, it's not me, it's just... So I, oh, went, to, cool, I went to dinner man. with her that yeah. one night that I was in town, and we talked, and she was like, you know... Was, she was... I fucking... She was really cool. She worked for, like, Pepsi. She fucking... Damn. Yeah, she had a fucking... Damn. Sweet-ass job. Oh, boy, I can he imagine. worked for Enron. Did you know that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 I heard that. Now yeah. we're telling... Now we're just catching up. <laughs> All right, we should end this podcast. Thanks Everyone's for having like, me, Bert. Who gives a fuck where yeah. Pete worked? <laughs> Uh, Remember hey, that car he had? Tell, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that big fucking yeah, truck. Big truck. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, tell them where they can find everything that they need to find. Uh, just go to my website. Probably it's just uh, jerryrochacomedy.com and then uh, that has all my links and stuff. YouTube, uh, Twitter has all my Insta. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you. Perfect, man. Cool. Thanks for having me, brother. No, no, This episode was brought to you by The Machine.